welcome back to the Two Fish Podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Aaron. And this week we're going into the Second Thessalonians book where Paul talks about the judgment of Christ's return. That's right, Two Fish community. We are back. Yeah. And our last episode finished up First Thessalonians. And now we're going to dive into Second Thessalonians. Uh, there'll be about three episodes of this because yeah. there's three chapters. Three chapters, yeah. So if you haven't listened to the first book of First Thessalonians that we did, those episodes, go back, pause this one, go back, listen, because there's so much good content Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica. I'm pretty sure that's how you say that. Uh, Thessalonia, Thessalonica. I think it's Thessalonica. But go back and listen to those. That way you'll be completely caught up because now later Paul's writing them again. Uh, to talk about some different stuff. And so we're going to get straight into it this week. Again, Second Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm reading from the ESV or die version. I am uh, NIV this week. Yeah, Aaron didn't bring his normal Bible. He forgot it at home. Yeah, I didn't bring the every man's Bible. Every man. So you got the backup. So I'm not a man this week. <laughs> Verse number 1. Paul, Sylvanus, and Timothy... To yours says Silas. I'm getting a look from Aaron as I'm reading. He's like, what are you reading? What? Silas. Um, all right, let me start that over. Paul, Silas, and Timothy. To the church in Thessalonians, and God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That is almost word for word what he said. Well, not word for word. The first letter that he wrote of First Thessalonians says, to the church of Thessalonians, in God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. So he's basically saying the exact same thing. This is a common, and we've talked about this before. Go listen to some of the other books we've done. These guys, the way they start their books, says something about the content coming up. Sometimes they're very serious. They're like, this is who I am. You can trust. I'm an apostle. You can trust this. And this one, to me, seems very chill. Yeah, I think you can flip back to Colossians and his introduction ends with grace and peace to you from God our Father. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty similar and it kind of does. You can catch the mood in his first first words he opens up in his letter. Yeah. I wonder, actually, I'm doing a study for another ministry, but I'm speaking on grace. And there's a lot of these books that have either started and or ended talking about grace. May the great grace to you and peace from our God. I wonder how many actual verses do that. How many actual books do that? I don't know. I'll have to look into it. Anyway, verse number three. We are always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions, and in the afflictions that are, you are enduring. So here he's letting them know, hey, as we're traveling around, as we're doing our missionary thing, we're constantly boasting about you guys because through the persecution that you guys have been going through, you've endured. Yeah, I think this is another point. Um, in the previous First Thessalonians, like he got the good report from Timothy that, hey, you guys are doing fantastic. And I think he's reiterating that here. Like you guys are, are, you're continuing to endure the things that are going on. We're, I think we're going to get into why he wrote the second letter here in a little bit, but yeah. um, they're enduring something else. And he's once again 
encouraging them and just saying, you guys have been such a great example. Yeah. Continue in that. And I think not only is that an example for the church, other churches then, but I think that's an example for us Christ followers now is to say, these guys did it right. Well, what are they going through? They're going through persecution. And for us now, and I think we talked about this maybe in um, the third or fourth chapter, as Christians, as Christ followers, we're going to go through persecution. Now, it may look different. There are places in the world where persecution is death, yeah. beheading. It's, it's, it's serious. Sometimes we in the Western world, and especially in America, oh, my feelings got hurt on Twitter today, and that's persecution. You know what I mean? Like, it, it is, but it's not. Yeah, You're standing up for your faith, and that's a good thing, but you're not being persecuted. Right. There's some countries, if they can't find you, they're going to go take your family. Yeah. Like, they're getting you one way or another. Yeah. And so he's saying, you're per- you're being persecuted, and you're enduring, and that's the example we're boasting so much. You're not, you're not straying away. When things get hard, we're not going, oh, okay, whatever, back to normal. I don't need this Jesus thing. You're enduring through the persecution. I think uh, going on here to verse 5, all this evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. I love that. Mine says that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God. I'm sorry, let me back up there. This is evidence, he says. The the persecution that you're enduring is evidence that you're doing a good job. And this is worthy of the kingdom of God. Now, I think this is one of those verses maybe you can... I just had a conversation about this today. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. This isn't something you've done. Like, this is a gift of God. And I think here, it's not because you're persevering that you're in the kingdom of God, that you're worthy of the kingdom of God. That's not, that's not it. It's evidence that you're worthy of the kingdom of God. It's evidence of the change in your life. This persecution that you're enduring, it's sharpening. We talked about James, how it sharpens us. Tem- um, trials make us better. We're worthy of the kingdom of God. How do we know? There's evidence of it. It's not because of the things we're doing, but the things we're doing are evidence of the fact that we're worthy. And that's that grace thing, for it is by grace, Ephesians says. Yeah. It's a gift. You can't earn it. But the fruit of our lives is going to show evidence of it. Oh, I like that. It's the faith versus works, works, works versus faith. Like, yeah. What good's your faith without works? What good's your works without faith? It's so that that whole concept embedded in there. And uh, I think one of the things to mention here, we're getting into this, and Paul's writing this letter because he got a report coming out of Thessalonia that they somehow thought the second coming of Jesus had already come, and like they missed it. Yeah. So this is kind of his opening statement to um, rebuking that. Like, you're going to know when the second coming comes because he's coming in a blaze of fire. Mine says afflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's scary. Put those words together. God's coming in flaming vengeance 
on those who do not believe and do not follow Jesus. Right? That's makes you pause for a second, pump the brakes, and go, oh, boy. Yeah. It's a, it's a gut check. It's also kind of a ju- gut check. We don't know when that day is coming. Who's in your circle that struggles with believing? You don't know when he's coming in this blazing fire with powerful angels. Like, you don't know what day he's going to come riding in on the cloud or whatever. Yeah. Ball of flame. He's going to come in riding on a ball of flame. Yeah. We should have a heart for the unbeliever because we know what's coming. Right. Verse number nine, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all those who believed because our testimony to you was believed. He's doubling down again on the fact that God's coming in a flame of vengeance. He's going to wipe out those who do not believe and they're going to live a punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of God. Like I think he's he's doubling down on the fact that this is not going to be a good thing. It's going to be a good thing for those of you that believe. Yes. For those of you that haven't believed, it's not going to be a good thing. The end of, like the end of verse 10. This includes you, Thessalonians. This includes you, Nick, because you believe our testimony to you. Yeah. Our testimony would be Paul's testimony, yeah. the disciples' testimony, who were all ultimately persecuted and, well, not all of them, all but, like, what, two? Were martyred yeah. because of their sharing of the testimony of Jesus Christ and how they shared it and how bold they were with it and how that altered the world. Yeah. Just to pause there for a second. When he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all those who believe, to think about that day, what a day. The w- my my Bible uses, my version uses the word marveled. I don't know exactly which one yours used in 10 there. Marveled. Marveled. That's just going to be a day of, oh, my gosh, all the stuff we read, and it's fulfilled completely, and it's and there's God. Or this whole vengeance thing of seeing, I mean, that's going to be a marvelous thing for us. It's going to be an amazing thing when God fulfills everything he's promised. I just think that's going to be amazing. Verse number 11, to this end, we will always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and for every work of faith by his power so that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Really, like verse 11, mine reads, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you. I think we spent a couple episodes. That that idea is almost foreign to me, to constantly pray for yeah. someone. Yeah. Like how good was Paul, Timothy, and Silas, how good were they at praying for these other communities? Prayer warriors. I mean, it was, and they're constantly boasting. Like, they're not just saying it to the person, hey, you did a good job. They're going to the next person saying, man, back there, they did a good job. Pray. Those guys back there, they did a good job. Pray. Like, they're doing more than just pray. They're boasting about, and it's just constant. Yeah. And I would imagine, like, if you think about that, they're going to, from Thessalonia to Corinth, and they're going to that community and saying, look how that community has changed. 
they're talking specific, it's not all I can't imagine it's all in the context of the Bible their conversations, but those conversations would have been look how they changed from those sinful ways yeah. and started following Christ. Look at what they've done. Yeah. And this letter here is an example of hey, they're doing fantastic. They just grabbed hold of one dumb thing, and that is Christ has not come back yet. Yeah. And to this day, Christ has not come back. We're still in end times, basically. Yeah. Like, we've been in end times since Jesus hung on the cross. It's just a matter of when is it going to get so bad and the and the day of the Lord is going to come. Yeah. Again, he's praising them for their good resolve, for their steadfastness, for their faithfulness, their persecution. And at the end, I, I think he just sums that all up so well. All of this is so that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified within you and you in him. Like, that's the whole point. You've, you've, pers- you've been persecuted. You've been steadfast and faithful. You this, you've that, you've that. We're boasting, we're boasting, we're praying, we're praying. All so that Jesus gets the glory. That's the whole point of the whole thing. I'm not, we're not boasting to make you more proud, make you a proud people. We're not boasting to look what we did. We're boasting it's all so that the name of the Lord may be glorified. And I think that's that's also one of those challenging things. It's like, man, sometimes when I do really well, I feel this pride within myself of, look what I just did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, man, I got through that. Man, I got through that. Look at me. Oh, we're both kind of in sales. It's, I made that big sale. Look what I did. Very prideful. Like, it's so easy for guys, I feel like, especially guys. Women can be this way too, but you you do something that feels like success, and you're like, look what I did. Yeah. Look at me. And that's not what they're trying to do. It's look at what Christ did through you. Yeah. Look at what you can do when you're in Christ and Christ is in you. Remember who gets the glory. Yeah, that's good. Um, I guess this week, just remember, we need to be praying about being steadfast in our faith through persecution and looking forward to that flaming vengeance, that marvelous day when Jesus comes back. Be ready, be steadfast, and be faithful. And join us next week here on the Two Vision Podcast. Thanks for tuning in this week. If you enjoyed this episode, hit those like and subscribe buttons also head over to twofishpodcast.com to join the rest of the two fish community and all of our social media platforms